0: Vamos, caballeros... Welcome to another edition of Leaving Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-host, The Mill Car. It's been a minute since we've been back. We got a lot of stuff to hand wrap here on Leaving the Ring. Be sure to jab that button, uppercut the notification bell. Don't leave it up to the judges to let you know when we're on live here. Uh, let's talk some boxing, man. You know, Canelo weekend, Cinco de Mayo. A lot of stuff happened. A lot of stuff unfolded. Um Obviously, I got to eat a little crow there, uh, Mokar, because I thought it was going to be a boring 12 rounds of survival mode when it came to Billy Joe Saunders. And, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of folks were counting out that Canelo was not going to be able to cut that ring off, which he really didn't, um, but that he was going to have a lot more struggle against Saunders. And you know what? I mean, the scorecards that I saw from like Mannix and a few other folks saying that, it was close. I don't know if you had it close, but I got to tell you this. I had it six to two. I mean, if you want two rounds, to me, it's not very close. I didn't see, uh, I saw Canelo pretty dominant in this fight. You know, Um, know, judging is always, it's based on what you like and what you think, but there's a criteria that you're supposed to follow. One of the major ones was the ring generalship. And I thought that this was Scott Neville's fight. Uh, he did what he wanted to do. He rest when he wanted to rest. And if, 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 it, if my memory serves me right, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, how do you give a guy surviving with pity-pat shots when everybody said that Danny Jacobs couldn't do that? And so because of that reason, he, there was no way in hell he was winning any rounds against Gennady Golovkin. But BJ Saunders can do that and win rounds? I'm confused here.
1: Well, you do have people who favor volume punching over right. the kind of hard body shots that Canelo was landing early on. And even if you don't give Canelo those rounds, overall, except for about two rounds where it did seem like he like he was struggling a little bit to kind of catch uh, Billy Joe and kind of get into his rhythm. Right. Um, he seemed to be in control of the fight. Uh One thing I will say, though, is you're right. A lot of people did say that Billy Joe would show up and kind of be very defensive for 12 rounds and kind of stink it out. Right. Um, He probably could have done that if he just wanted to survive the 12 rounds and walk away with a payday. But to his credit, I do think that he was trying to win the fight and he was doing the best he could. First you know, as, you-
0: as much as I can't stand the guy as a human being, I got to give him his credit. He actually stood there and tried to trade shots, you know. Um, the head movement of Canelo wasn't obviously it wasn't there that night. And um, and the reason I believe it wasn't, this is just solely what my eyes saw and what my brain was telling me is. He really didn't have any respect for uh, Billy Joe's uh, power, and versus when he fought like Danny Jacobs, the the head movement, even the head movement against Smith, um, it was evident. Here he kind of just kept his hands up, and he saw that there was going to be flickering jabs and flickering jabs, and he kind of beautifully just count, you know, timed it, walked it, and capitalized on it. You know, um, yeah. Again, I thought that. BJ was going to blow the place up with a bunch of survival rounds running away. And guess what? He didn't do that. He actually was willing to engage, try to mix it up, and try to mix some big shots. You know, we did something that Demetrius Andre kept doing. We talked about this last time we were on air. And Canelo saw that. And I said that if Demetrius was going to fight and looking for a fight Canelo, he was going to have to fix that because Canelo was smart enough to catch it. And that's jabbing and dipping your head down looking at that canvas to not see your opponent he left his eyes He got his eyes off of Canelo and that which allowed Canelo to throw a really not a not a textbook uppercut you know because you want to kind of bend in the knees he was just able to pop that that uppercut and it caught him and it caught him numerous times and what damage they did to uh to Saunders's face man
1: Well, I don't think he necessarily dipped low to throw it, but he definitely put his legs behind it and his hips. Yeah. When he shot, Uh, you could see kind of the tension in his legs and in the other parts of his body as he threw it. He even kind of shouted out, uh, maybe didn't make the the big shouting noise, but you could kind of see him exhaling as he threw it. Um, And what Billy Joe did actually was he kind of tried to turn away from the punch. Right. Because that punch was intended to kind of land on his chin, if not on the left side of his face. But when he dipped to try to get away with it, he caught it flush on the cheek and on the eye socket, which obviously was the end of the fight. Now, again, I don't condone Billy Joe's antics outside of the ring. Right. Um, I think he's done a lot of things that are really abhorrent outside of the ring. Right. And I'm a Billy Joe fan, but I do think that a lot of the criticism I was hearing from people, especially people who've never even boxed, Mm -hmm. uh, calling him a pussy, calling him, uh, you know, uh, all kind of other words. Uh, Look, it it takes cojones to step inside AT&T Stadium, walk down in front of all of that crowd, get into that ring and try, try to win rounds against Canelo. And... What I will say about the quitting is that if he actually wanted to quit, he would have gone down after that shot, and he wouldn't have gotten up. Uh, He actually did get up, and he tried to survive the rest of the round. And when your trainer is putting on the end swell and notices that there's a dent in your cheek and your eye is closing and you can't see – I don't really think there's a point in going on anymore because there was no path to victory. There's only a path to getting getting brutally knocked out if not having permanent permanent uh, eye damage.
0: You know, the only thing to milk is I think people are bagging on him and calling him a quitter, giving him a taste of his own medicine. Because the fact is that when Daniel Dubois uh, took a knee after the same type of energy happened to him bj saunders went to social media instagram made a video saying that he would never do that you know that you'd have to break his face his jaw you'd have to carry him out he would go out on his shield and to see him not get back from that stool to continue on well he's kind of eating his words there about saying how prideful he was and how much of a man that he is uh, and people were holding him especially him to his words so i think that's why the backlash was pretty severe you know um I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. It wasn't a great fight. I, a lot of folks were making it seem like it was a really good fight. But I had some family over. My sons watched it with me. Uh, two of my very close friends that um, that I grew up with, uh, they actually came down. We watched it. And I sat there and I watched everybody so excited. So excited for every punch that was being landed. And you know what? And it wasn't because they knew that this fight was going to be, like, you know what I mean? Their anticipation was that this, this fight was going to be uh, exciting it was satisfying because it literally shut up a guy that talked so much out of his neck. And it just, it, it, you know what I mean? It was like, it was like, it, we never got that satisfaction when Hector Camacho talked all that smoke with uh, Julio Cesar Chavez. Chavez gave him a beating, but he didn't stop him. He didn't make him quick. Quick. This was satisfying to see Canelo stop him, which I was very hesitant in believing he could do that.
1: Yeah, well, Canelo actually when he walked back to his corner at the end of the 8th round actually told Eddie Reynoso that the fight is over, like I broke his his eye socket. <laughs> he actually yeah. said that. And yeah, Billy Joe Saunders should not have criticized uh Daniel Dubois um the way he did. Uh it was unfair criticism and he he shouldn't he shouldn't have done it. I mean, there are yeah. kind of differences in- happen for sure but i really don't think that a, a guy uh, and it's tough because again he did make those comments before but right when your train staff decides to end the fight um that's their job they're there to protect your safety you know they're uh, a trainer should not allow his his uh guy to go on and on i was listening to g funky earlier today and he was bringing up the case of Antonio Margarito. Well, you know mm-hmm. what? His trainer allowed him to go on and on, and now he's got permanent eye damage. You yep. know, it and um, he's got to live with that for the rest of his okay. life. You know, these boxers yeah. have parents, they have brothers and sisters, they have kids, much like the rest of us do, and it's karma. I think
0: that's that's the sad part. It is karma with BJ. I agree with you. I think yeah. that you know unless you're in there and you could see his eye was shut like he was literally because it hurt him so much he was squinting the other eye and and it's and you think about this is that after canelo after canelo hit him it blackened really quick but oh, after yeah. they stopped it and he was walking out you saw that camera view pan around him and his face was literally now his eye was completely closed up. You know? Completely closed. There yeah. was an
1: indentation in his cheek. Yep. You know. Eggwigs. And if, That's all I can got, say. <laughs> he's, got, he's got two great trainers in his corner. He's got Ben Davidson. Mm-hmm. And he's got uh, Tibbs. Yep. You know, they're telling you, look, it's we're going to call it because, look, I've broken bones in my body. I've broken fingers. I've broken my feet. Uh, 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 I've broken my foot. It's excruciating. Imagine that in your face, Right. you know that that's that, and that's the thing. Uh, you know, I, was it? It was Pedro Angulo, wasn't it? That took a lot of heat once.
0: Oh, uh, with when Nora. He,
1: yeah, when yeah. when he sustained an injury. Look, yeah, the eye, the eye is the eye is is very particular. You know, the eye is. Probably the most sensitive part of your body. I
0: I can't even take eye drops. Let me tell you that. Okay. When I go to get my glasses and you do that, you know, when they have to test your eyes, you know, they throw that stuff to open up, to dilate your, your pupils. It's so, the doctors literally get so frustrated with me and it's not even me. It's my, my eyes have their own mind of their own. They're like, you know, shutting up and all that. I'm almost like a virgin, you know, trying to get in there and they're like, no, not going to happen tonight, buddy. You know? So I, I, I don't blame the guy or his trainer Seeing that and going, you know what? It's not worth it. You're not going to win this fight. Especially in Texas. I said that. He could have had the whole state of Texas, the whole field of Texas, anything out there. Trust me, he wasn't going to win that fight on points. Just wasn't. And that's why he fought a different fight than normally he did in the past. He's done in the past.
1: The biggest problem he had with the strategy that he used, because let's face it, he was right there in the middle of the ring uh, doing his best to be competitive with Canelo. Canelo. Yeah. Uh, whether you give him two rounds or three rounds or five rounds, Eric Lorda had him up 5-3, as did Chris Mannix. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I, I can definitely see three rounds that went to him.
0: Yeah, I could um, see that. I could definitely see those three rounds. Uh, and, and,
1: you know, look. <clears throat> here's the thing, Dave. This is go what ahead. I was going to say real quick. Mm-hmm. That's three rounds more than, Kayla, than Callum Smith. Callum Smith went the distance. Yeah. But and it he was shut up. every single round it was not yeah. competitive he was not trying to win you know um you know yieldrum he was not trying to win you know what i mean yep. this is the first uh time since uh, probably what the Kovalev fight that you've seen a guy in there um who's who's actually trying to win and unfortunately for billy joe he doesn't have punching power at 168 no.
0: And you know what? Those pity shots, you know what those pity shots are? This is the game plan they win in, which I thought it was a good game plan, first off, okay? It just didn't work, and it didn't work because Canelo obviously has now developed a full power puncher at 168. But the punches that Saunders was trying to do was keep Canelo's hands up and busy. So by the time Saunders sneaked in a big punch, he'd be away, not not in the punching range for Canelo to throw. But like I said, when you watch it, Canelo really didn't have any respect for Saunders' power. So he was able to walk him down and move forward. You know, Saunders needed a little bit more oomph to those punches to kind of humble Canelo. And you know what? He couldn't muster that up. He tried, but he couldn't. And even when he did try to land big shots, they were kind of grazing shots. They didn't really land completely flush on Canelo to make him think about going back in.
1: Yeah, he he only touched them really badly i think there was like a left hand um that landed pretty clean as a power shot i think he yes. landed an uppercut uppercut and yep. but the the big the biggest thing uh was the jab which kind of yeah. puffed up canelo's face a little bit um yeah. but canelo canelo was able to handle him and mm-hmm. we should take away from what canelo did like he took on i'm still gonna say this billy joe is a tougher test than the guy we're gonna talk about next you think Caleb so, Park. huh?
0: Honestly, I don't. I honestly, I think it's a completely different type of fight. Um, I think it that, yeah, you here. I don't know. I think it was Jesus. Somebody in here said something uh, that I completely agree, which is, uh, I think, yeah, Hesu said it. Yep, Canelo still has bad habits. Still goes in a straight line. Here is the thing: like I go back again. Saunders went in there fighting a different fight than I expected. I thought it was going to be survival to a 12-round Saunders and say, I went the distance and Texas stole the fight for me. That's what I was prepared to watch and hear, okay? But he went in there, like you said, trying to win this fight. We don't know. We still didn't get the answers that a lot of us were posing. A lot of guys were making videos saying that Canelo doesn't want to cut off the ring. Canelo doesn't want to do this. Because he really didn't have to do any of that. He didn't really have to search Saunders. No,
1: Saunders was staking his claim to the center of the ring. He was circling every now and again, but he wasn't really getting backed up all that much. Um, And, you know, Lara Lara at 154 hit a lot harder for that division than Billy Joe hits at 168. And Lara was able to kind of tame Alvarez a lot better than Billy Joe could. He just doesn't have... um, The kind of power you need against a guy like Canelo.
0: You know, the thing I give Platt, though, is this. He is slick. He's quick, Um, which Saunders was quick, too, and was getting in some of those punches. Platt's a big kid, and Platt's... Plants a more natural 168-er than Saunders is. You know, um, Saunders' stance was really wide. Is that karate stance, which is not very good if you're trying to be elusive. Um, you no. know, you have to get your legs back together to get out of the way of the punches. I thought that was uh-huh. really weird. Then I mean, that's when I was like, "Holy smokes!" You know, I think he's thinking about actually trading with Canelo, yeah. showing that he was the bigger guy. And that's when. I think everything kind of fell apart for him, you know. The other thing, too, is that, I tell you what, the one thing I did see about Canelo that I've seen some changes is that he did study the southpaw. Notice in the first and second round and all throughout the other rounds, he was touching the, the, the lead foot of a southpaw and then he would let his hands go. Even that reaching to the body shot, It it was something to give the Southpaw guy to start looking for and thinking about, make him start dropping those hands a bit, even though they're just little nagging shots. But those are some brilliant moves and tactics that Canelo was doing. With Plant, I don't think he's going to be able to get get away with any of that stuff. I think Plant's a little bit smarter, and I don't think Plant – is, has the plan of standing and trading. I think Plant knows he's not going to be the puncher. I think he knows his place and his role uh, between the two, to tell you the truth. So for me, I think it's a little bit more tougher fight, and it's going to be a lot more tougher to figure out Plant because I just don't see Plant wanting to engage with Canelo.
1: Well, that was the essentially the, the breakdown right there. Billy Joe didn't run. Mm-hmm. Billy Joe didn't go into survival mode except for, like, the last 30 seconds of round number eight. Um, And he obviously felt that he couldn't do his box and move um, full committal, the pity pat, making it ugly, and win in Texas, in the United States. Like, he knew that to win this fight, he was going to have to stand and trade with Canelo and hold his ground on the inside which is what he was attempting to do and did a little successfully for yep. two, I would say, three rounds. But it yep. wasn't enough. And he showed go
0: yeah. The thing he always talking about, suck my this and that, he definitely showed it uh, on that night, uh, which was surprising. And so, again, um, you got to give him his kudos. I, I give him his props. He actually fought like a man, got out there and wanted to show that he was there to win and not just survive. But it was... It was the wrong plan because he doesn't carry, like you say, he doesn't carry the power to execute like that. Whereas Plant, Plant, we just don't know that much about him to even well, honestly thing. say and anything about him,
1: you know? Yeah. That's what I was going to say about Plant. One, he's totally untested. Totally. People felt Billy Joe was untested. Like this guy's nowhere near uh, the level that Billy Joe was fighting at in terms of competition. Number two, he's big. Right. But he's not bigger than Kovalov. His no. jab isn't better than Kovalev. He's not bigger than Callum Smith. His jab isn't bigger than Callum Smith. His hook isn't better than Callum Smith. So Canelo has experience fighting big guys. And if he's going to essentially do what you described, David, and be very cute and defensive, he's not going to win a fight against Canelo doing no, that. No,
0: I didn't say he'll win a fight. I don't think he'll win a fight, but I definitely think he'll be able to stink up the fight where it's it's a cat and mouse uh fight you know and those are the type of chess match fights that we don't like to watch it's a turnoff especially if it's going to end up on pay-per-view um if it doesn't go to the zone which i don't see why not i've actually spoke to to some of the guys that were with plant and they were like no we're gonna go where they want to do it you know they're, they're gonna offer us the right amount we'll take that fight um, and they've been pretty out of me. I got an email from his uh, publicist today saying they're, they take, they're ready and preparing for this fight. They've been getting ready for this fight. So, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, here's the thing. Canelo fights like he's always got something to lose. And Plant is going to have to fight like that if he wants to win. The problem is, is that I don't see him fighting like that. You know, because the things that you just mentioned, he's never been tested. You know, BJ's talking about, you know, talk, everybody talking about Billy Joe, his, uh, you know, not – and he had two names on there that's more recognizable than any of the names that we that are on plan. There's nobody that stands
1: well, I, out. I would say three names. I'd say Chris Eubank Jr., Yes, David Lerner, David, and uh, Andy Lee. And then you could also yeah. throw in other guys from the past like John Ryder who's shown himself to be a solid guy Yep, at yep. one – and others. You look at the last opponents for Caleb Plant. You've got Caleb Truax, Vincent Feganbuns, Mike Lee, Ho- Jose Uskategi, and uh, say Vincent's Rohele. last name again for me. Uskategi. No, say Vincent. Uh,
0: Vincent's last name
1: for me. Oh,
0: Feganbuns.
1: Yeah, say it again
0: Yeah, say that again
1: for me. Mike I just like Butz. hearing you say it. <laughs> All right, and and uh, Porky Medina. Right. Those are his last five fights. That does not prepare you for uh, actual world championship level fighting. I definitely not against a guy like Canelo. I, I just don't see you going from single A baseball to the major league all-star game in one fight. Like that's-
0: Traditionally, you are absolutely right. But I would worry because since there's not a whole lot to see or understand what this kid's about, you know, I mean, this kid can come in with something with the unknown. We might show something we have yet seen from him.
1: Um, Caleb, Caleb Truex touched him up a few times. He then. did,
0: he did. You know, um, uh-huh. that's why. You know, look, and Caleb Trueax got to give it. He's a he's a he's a warrior. He's a seasoned vet. Okay, uh, but he was yeah. not. He was not the same guy that we've seen him in the past. You know, he wasn't swarming over Caleb Plant. Um, he was a step behind. Uh, you know, great quote that 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 Luis de Cuba Sr. told me when I was over there visiting Vegas. He said, when you see your fighters uh, uh, start stinking, it's the end for them. That's it. They're no longer fighters. It's over, you know? And that's very true. You see fighters that overthink. Once they hit that certain age, they start overthinking. They've been in so much wear and tear. They start overthinking what they're going to do next, you know? So, yeah, I mean, for Caleb Plant... There's a lot of unanswered questions. My thing is, is that though he's got a strap, he's got to defend it. And when you got a strap, that's your job, is defend it. You know, whether you've answered them or not, they're going to be answered on September against Canelo Alvarez.
1: Yeah, and um, it's great to hear that he's eager to take that fight and that he's preparing for it because, you know, I would actually like to see a competitive fight regardless yeah. of the fact that i think canelo should be considered the clear favorite in this fight and um you know i'd like to see caleb plant test himself and well, not there's, necessarily- one,
0: there's, there's a few things that plant could watch and study what canelo does okay you know and the obvious is that canelo loves to like leap in with that body shot he doesn't have an issue throwing it from an outside range Uh, he's got to look for that and capitalize that, counter it, you know. Uh, The other thing is the jab. You know, uh, Saunders showed that if you got a good jab, uh, you could sneak it in between those gloves. He was marking up the face of Canelo, like you just mentioned a little while ago, you know. Um, Circling him, giving him angles. Don't be there too long for the receipt with Canelo. And remember this, once your back touches those ropes, Canelo doesn't wait for you to figure it out. Your back is against those ropes. He actually attacks. He does that fairly well. And he was doing Very that well. really good against Saunders, you know, which he was touching the feet and boom, he was being explosive. Okay. Um, I thought the bad part but Saunders that he was doing was he was being right there in front of him, which is fine. If you're going to stand and try to hold your ground, that's, you know, that's perfect. But, you know, it's boxing, guys. Why, why did he not step around, pivot around Canelo? You know, create open shots, turn Canelo, make him get off of his, his, his base of his feet. So he lifts up. So there's not a lot of power when he does counter punch you. Those are things that plant has to look at and understand that if he does get trapped, because eventually he's going to have to stand and trade with Canelo. He's got, you know, it's really hard for me to see a guy that's never really fought a perfect fight, fight a perfect fight against one of the best right now of, of today. I don't see that happening. So that's something of the things they're going to have to throw in. And I think Plant should be fighting nothing but big guys right now to get him ready and sparring, you know? And then and then half of your sparring, you throw in little guys with speed because Canelo's big, he's strong, and he is quick. He's got some good hand speed at 168. He was matching Saunders a bit there with the hand speed as well.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned the hook that he throws and kind of leaps into that. The reason he's able to get away with that is because of his foot faints and his head faints. right. You know, he, he creates that, oh, what's going to happen here? And then when the guy's off guard, he boom, he leaps in. It's very effective. It um is. And I, I've seen him throw the faint uppercut as well uh, with great success. So he's a master of the foot feint and the head feint, and he's a master of the fundamentals of, of boxing. And he also happens to have a great chin, and his power should now be – you know, considered good respected. at 100. Re, yeah, respected at least. You know, it's you, when you break a guy's orbital bone and his cheek in three places. That that's not easy to do. Um, so, Caleb Plant has a lot that he needs to prepare for, and your suggestion that he engage with—I um, I think you said big guys, right? Yeah, I say big um, guys
0: because you know that Gennaro going to stalk him. He's going to push
1: yeah.
0: him. He's um, going to try to overpower him. He's uh, going to hit him in those arms, which you saw Canelo is, is very well at doing. You know, he doesn't mind hitting your shoulder. He doesn't mind hitting your elbows. Just to get that shot, what he does is he's trying to just, you know, crack the wall, bring it down a little bit so that he, it's enough peekaboo for him to sneak in those big big punches that he's, he's seeking out to land. Plant's going to have to have... Both worlds. A guy with speed, with footwork, that knows how to close that distance. Because once you get your back against those ropes with Canelo, bro, he knows how to close that distance. He really does know how to. But here's another thing that the plant folks should be looking at. Take advantage of Canelo's rest period. Canelo takes uh, some rest periods, which that's what Saunders was doing. That's a page you rip off from Saunders that he had kind of exposed. He took advantage of those rest periods that Canelo was doing. He capitalized on it. And that's why you have more people saying that he won certain rounds. But, again, I just thought that Canelo fought his fight. He controlled it. He had the ring generalship. He rested when he wanted to rest, and he turned it on when he wanted to turn it on. He was almost like he was giving him a, a you know a, a bit of a treat every single time, a, a doggy boat, you know, for him to, to, to take home and stuff. But then when he was done and ready to open it up and you know, play again in the in the sandbox, in the playground, guess what? He was kicking dust in the face of Saunders. But that's where planting them, it's got, to me, they've got to have a further, a, a much more solid game plan against Canelo in September in order to become victorious. God, man, that's a really steep hill to climb, in my opinion, to get to, get to, the, get to the top of the Canelo Hill.
1: Well, I'm going to uh, point to something that Andre has said here in the chat. He says... Um, and he's talking about plant here that he kind of goes to the ropes and mm-hmm. that, that's going to be problems for him, which which I agree. Uh, he does allow himself to go to the ropes. I don't think that's a, a very good uh, tactic on his part.
0: And that's where the big guys would come in, though. If you have big guys sparring they're pushing you back, it will condition his legs to start moving, getting out of there, you know? Or, it, I mean, right. it, it would help out their trainer go, okay, this is what we don't want,
1: <laughs> you know? No, oh, yeah, this is true. But what what Canelo does when he gets you on the ropes is he really attacks that body. Yes, he does. Um, and that's going to be wide open against the guy who's taller, which is exactly what he did versus Kovalev and exactly what he did against uh, Callum Smith to success. My issue with Plant as well is that the Callum Smith fight in December was actually first offered to Caleb Plant, if memory serves me well, mm-hmm. and Caleb Plant didn't take it. No. So, what exactly has happened between then and now, or then and next September? Well, he fought Caleb Truax. I don't think that that's great preparation for a Canelo fight, you know? Well, it um, also
0: shows you. That plant is not the one in control of his career to get get great preparation for the Canelo fight. You know, uh, my biggest criticism of Al Heyman is one big one, and that's he's never really developed a fighter yet. Um, I'm trying to think of one right now, you know, that they've kind of brought from the ground up, you know. Um, I think they've done a great job marketing him. I think he does a great job paying his fighters. They make tons and tons of money but they kind of keep their fighters stagged, you know? They, they kind of hold them back from getting these potential uh, experience, whether they win or lose. That's I mean, that's where you get the experience. Canelo wouldn't be where he's at if he didn't lose certain fights or struggle with certain fighters, you know? You know, you can give heavy criticism of Canelo by saying, look, he looked like crap against Laura. He, you know, he lost against Laura. Trout gave him a runaround. You know, uh, look at Floyd, but Floyd, but the truth is, is that, we wouldn't have known any of that if Canelo's career was in the hands of another promoter that was afraid to put their guy in with somebody. That's why well, nobody's respecting Caleb Plant.
1: David, to be fair, Canelo mm-hmm. wanted those fights and Delaoya oh, yeah. didn't want those fights. Like, he had to... At, cer- at a certain point, the boxer has to step up and say, I want that guy. I want this unification fight. I'm not fighting anyone else. And... Well, look, I said December was not a good look. Right. I don't really know. I don't think he's done anything in the past few months uh, that have prepared him for Canelo. And he was against the ropes against Caleb Truex. He was getting touched against yeah. Truex. I mean, Mike Lee took him some rounds. I mean, God, I, Mike I Lee. Yeah. I mean, that's it's just not a good sign for fight no. with Canelo. I was talking to G Funky over the weekend and uh my mind was fixated on champions but he brought up a good point and i agree with it i think the toughest fight for canelo right now would be david benavides i i i honestly do um Hmm. he's he's strong he likes to fight on the inside he's a pressure fighter he's tall but he he uses his length uh you know on the inside um and doesn't necessarily stand outside uh, at a distance, the way Kovalev or, or Callum Smith did, and he's got a good chin. I don't know how well his his body's going to hold up to a body attack from Canelo, but I've always felt that that's a more competitive fight um, than Caleb Plant. You
0: know, I mean, Caleb I, I was, is not a yeah.
1: guy even like Anthony Durrell, who who uh, he beat up, obviously.
0: Yeah, you know, here's the thing with David Benavides. I don't know if he would. I mean, I think he'd be competitive. But I don't think he'll beat Canelo. And the reason I say that is because I don't think he's in his prime yet, to tell you the truth. Benavides. I still think there's some fights in him to get him to that point. And when that point comes, I think it's going to be a far more difficult fight for Canelo. The longer Canelo waits for David Benavides, I think it's going to be more dangerous for Canelo to get a win over David Benavides. David Benavides, let's not forget, he's still a young kid.
1: He's he still is.
0: he's still maturing in his around the
1: yeah. as Edgar Barunga. Yes. He just has a lot more fights under his belt. So exactly. the other thing too, once Canelo unifies this division with which I expect him to do, there's not really much there for him to do uh, at one sixty eight. Yeah. So I almost wonder if he tries to lure guys up like Jamal Charlo, like uh, Gennady Golovkin, like maybe Andrade. Or whether he heads back down to 160, I think he'll probably stay think, at 160. Yeah,
0: I think he's um, going to stay at 168. That's why he's like he's open to a third fight with uh, Gennady Golovkin, saying that if he, if he wants the if he wants the third fight, he needs to come up. You know, um, I, I think that I don't see him going anywhere. Uh, from Eddie Hearn. I know there was a question in there. Um, do you think that's when is going to be the end of uh, him working with Eddie Hearn and his own? I, I honestly don't think that's going to end uh, any time, you know. Um, I don't. Best even know. production
1: ever of Canelo yeah. fight. Yeah. I you mean, know. there's no comparison between these entrances and the staging yeah. and promotion of these fights and what Golden Boy was doing with Canelo.
0: Exactly.
1: I mean, the, on Saturday was fantastic. It really was. Yeah.
0: And I don't know what Chris Manick is talking about, saying that it'd be difficult with P- PBC. When PBC has already shown numerous times they're willing to work with anybody. If you're going to fit the bill and get their fighter paid, they're okay with that. You know? And you know what? Canelo is a free agent. If Canelo sees that, you know what, the only way I'm going to get this title, and if the money's right and you're telling me I got to go to Showtime pay-per-view... I, I could see Canelo going that route. Why? Because Canelo's learned his lesson. Sometimes being loyal to everybody is not beneficial for yourself, for your career, for your for your pocket. So I could see Canelo jumping ship for a minute to go to Showtime if, if they can't figure it out. But I have a feeling they're going to mark it out and it'll end up on the zone.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's the advantage of having a fight-by-fight contract yeah. when you are a winner like Canelo. You know, the long term contracts are obviously a little bit more secure, um, Mm -hmm. but he's leveraging everything he he has uh, on these fight by fight deals and is just basically taking the best deal available to him. So, yeah, I don't think that Fox is going to step up and and put up the big money that the zone does. I I question whether even Fox is going to be staying in the boxing business past this year as for showtime. I just don't think Showtime has the budget of a uh, I don't think they have the budget of the zone at the moment. You know, when you look at their card, you know, there was a reason why the Charlo pay-per-view was on pay-per-view. They couldn't pay him to be on Showtime.
0: Look, the zone, the zone without even marketing this fight, which is not unusual with a Canelo Alvarez. Fighters, they don't do a whole. They don't, you know. Boxing has kind of moved away from the eleven cities, especially with COVID right now. The eleven cities, things, you know, uh, um, a lot of stuff. You're not seeing like the the amount of push on television or anywhere getting it. Seventy thousand plus people showed up in Texas to watch this man fight against against the gypsy traveler, and that tells you very much how alive uh, boxing is and how much excuse me canelo still has a very strong mexican uh mexican and mexican american following you know that showed up to cheer on for their guy so yeah. caleb plant and his team guys uh this is an easy easy decision you go where the money's at and if anything has proven with Al Heyman is hey show them show me the money and we're good and that's it you know um this is not Bob Arum. We're not dealing with Bob Aram where Bob Aram has has to have all the stacks on the deck, you know. This is Al Heyman that's okay with you taking a little bit more so that he can get some money in his pocket as well with this fighter. As long as this fighter gets what he's asking for, I think it's the fight's doable. I think it happens. And like I said, speaking of some of their guys, you know, they're like yeah, we're for it. Let's do it. We're, we're ready for it. Now we're ready for it, and that's reassuring for me. Hopefully, it keeps that same energy, and we see it happen September. Uh, but it is boxing. I don't always like get too overly excited because, well, it's boxing. Look at what happened here with Teofimo Lopez. It's off. It's being moved yeah. to another date, supposedly.
1: Yeah, that's because of the Floyd uh, card with uh, Logan Paul. <laughs>
0: Oh Oh, man, Andy Ruiz looked like he had so much ring rust, but it was a good fight, good comeback fight. Chris the Nightmare, Oriola, Oriola. Let me ask you this: Was Chris that much good, or was he just? Was it Andy just that bad that night?
1: Uh, I think it was a combination of Andy being rusty, Mm -hmm. um, Andy working with a new trainer for the first time, and Chris Ariola really stepping up, uh, under the tutelage of Joe Goosen and being highly motivated, uh, to win that fight, you know, um, absolutely. much, yeah. much in the way that Derek Chisora was highly motivated to take out Joseph Parker it was kind of a very similar situation, especially since both of those guys fought on the uh, same day. Yep. Yeah.
0: You know, um, I always said that Chris comes to fight. That guy, if there's one thing that there is no lack in is his heart. He showed up. uh, He gave, obviously, some real heart attack hiccups to Andy Ruiz and Eddie Bronoso and the Andy Ruiz uh, fan base. Uh, But how I looked at it, because immediately people were jumping down the neck of Andy Ruiz saying, like, Deontay Wilder destroys him. Easy money. You know, styles make fights. And yes, because Wilder was able to mow through uh, very dominant over uh, Chris, the nightmare doesn't mean that, you know, he's going to be able to do that with Andy Ruiz. Uh, as you just mentioned, ring rust, having a new trainer, the chemistry really wasn't there yet. In my opinion, man, I don't know what you're thinking, uh, what your thoughts were when you're watching it, but I was like, their chemistry has not clicked in yet. It hasn't clicked. Okay. Now. I did say about that weight issue here, Amilcar, was it going to help Andy or could it affect it? I think it did a little both for him, dude. You know, um, he still was huffing and puffing and not having that extra pound of flesh there to absorb punishment from Chris's punches. I think it did affect him and that's how he was
1: wobbled and dropped. Well, the the thing is, is that muscles require oxygen. Fat Mm -hmm. doesn't. Fat is an energy source, so... The fact is, his weight actually has not dropped all that much from previous fights. It did, obviously, from his last fight against Joshua, where he really ballooned up. What's changed is his body composition. So he's got a lower percentage of body fat and a higher percentage of lean muscle mass. The issue with having a lot of lean muscle mass, if you look at a guy like Anthony Joshua, take for example, Mm -hmm. it's easier to gas out. Those muscles need oxygen. You know, and y- your your lungs can only work, and your heart can only work to a certain threshold before you literally just start fatiguing. There's you know? another so-
0: thing too: is that whatever they're doing to lose that fat to build the muscle doesn't necessarily translate into a boxing. Because if you're not preparing yourself for the boxing distance. It doesn't matter how your muscles look, like you mentioned with uh, AJ, because there's a different cardio that you do with boxing. You know, James Tony didn't have this, you know, workout body, but the guy never gassed out, and that's because he sparred so much. He was a guy that actually hate running and hate doing anything else. All he ever wanted to do was spar. So if, if Andy was just solely working on trying to change this physique and never really conditioned himself of how long it was going to go in the ring. And mindset was that Chris is overcooked. He's done. All it, all, all I'm going to do is go out there and have a showcase. That's where the game plan, uh, it, you know, it fell apart and got exposed.
1: He probably had a uh, plan to work a lot less harder than he had to. Mm-hmm. And Chris is the kind of guy that makes you work really hard to get a victory. That's who he is. You know, you're not necessarily going to just get him out of there with one shot. You know, you need to put your punches together. You know, he wasn't actually using as many com- combination punches, especially on the inside, as he had in the past. He was really working off the, jo- the jab and kind of boxing pretty well. And that also probably switched things up because Andy Ruiz had to kind of go get him at multiple times in the fight. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, training-wise... You know, they did a lot of work in terms of the physique. Uh, I don't think they were prepared for Chris Ariola that showed up uh, the way that uh, that he did. But I did want to ask you something um, before, uh, uh, to, uh, from the undercard, actually, from the Canelo Saunders undercard. I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Soto against uh, Takayama Ooh. and that night TKO and stoppage. My own opinion is that... Lawrence Cole? Pro- uh, Takayama, honestly, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. This guy got a pretty much semi me retirement. What was he, 37? Yes. To w- try to win a sixth world championship. And he put on a display of, of heart and guts. And at multiple times in the fight, uh, high-level boxing ability, especially for a guy that age. And I think that uh, the, the referee did a terrible job by stopping that fight when he did.
0: I did. I mean, look, it's Lawrence Cole. It's him and his dad. They're terrible. Uh, They're honestly the ones that make Texas look even bad. I mean, you know, anytime those guys are involved, you know something fishy is going to happen. And they they always deliver. They always, always deliver. This was a very competitive fight, man. If anything, it stole the show. Um, You know, all the other fights were like uh, snoozers. Uh, I didn't even bother watching them. I was busy doing other stuff. I was barbecuing. I was doing a bunch of other stuff. Um, and finally, we got something that was worth worth a bit of that, you know, money that you put in for the $100 description, right? And he, the guy steps in and he stops it. You stop it in between a guy that was punching back. You stop it against a guy that was ex- that's experienced,
1: you know? I've never seen a guy get stopped while throwing a punch.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't like he just... It wasn't. There was not even like more than fifteen seconds in between the response of him of Tanaka throwing a punch back. You know, I, I could see if there was actually a full minute or two uh, of him not responding. That's when a ref steps in. That's when a ref goes, okay, you know, let's keep it. Even even at times too, Emilkar, we've seen this. A ref starts getting in a little closer and he starts eagle eyeing them to see if their body language is different. What's going on here? Lawrence Cole jumped in and just out of nowhere, it was like it was like somebody was in his earpiece that said, "Okay, I've had enough because we're running out of time. I got to get going. I want to watch Canelo come up next. No problem."
1: Look, look at the guy's record, man. I mean, he's fought everywhere. This is a guy that went the distance with Chocolatito. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. This is a, a guy who went on the road in the Philippines, in Panama. In Mexico multiple times in Thailand right this is a warrior that the true definition of the Bushido spirit and to go out like that especially when he's trying to you know it, it was debatable whether he was even gonna be going on with his career right. um, at, at a certain point a couple years a, a couple years ago and don't forget His last fight uh, was uh, against Riku Kanu in 2016. And he essentially had one fight since then in December because this was like a comeback for him. So he was off from essentially 2016 until 2020. And he was trying to come back and win a sixth uh, world title. And I just felt uh, really disappointed in how that played out for him. And uh, yeah, just very disappointed by it. He was on the big stage. It would have, uh, uh, what can I say? And then you want to talk about guys not wanting to continue. I mean, a lot of people are throwing shade <laughs> at Billy Jim- yeah. Joe for not continuing on or fighting with his trainers to continue on with three broken bones in his face. You know, what about Nagi uh, uh, Aguilera, man? Aguilera, what about dude.
0: that? Oh, my God. The Oscar winner goes to. <laughs> Uh, But you know what? Look, all jokes aside, Daggy, he didn't want to be there, which is kind of weird because Sanchez didn't look like he wanted to be there either. I'm not impressed with Sanchez, to tell you the truth. Um, I I think he's uh, a decent technician. I think that he's a guy that they're going to have to keep in the back burner um, until he's fully developed. He's got progress. But, dude, he's not a killer in there. He really is. not He's a bridge
1: your way. He is. He's not a... Can't hang with the big boys,
0: no. Like
1: like 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 uh, Tyson Fury or AJ. I mean, let's just be serious.
0: They're talking. You know? I mean, look, look, Luis Ortiz. Put him in there if you want to end it quick for him to find out whether he's really the goods or not. And I'll tell you what, that that Ortiz eats him up alive. As old as our well, Ortiz is, like 185 right now. Oh no, no, no. He's one. He's 186 years old. Uh, so, but in all seriousness. I, you know, I'm trying to like Frank Sanchez. I really am. But watching that fight, I'm kind of happy that Nagy just, you know, bowed out and said, you know what? I don't want to be here. You know, I I didn't see him doing much to him. I really didn't. And I was like, look, this kid doesn't you care. Like,
1: you got to get a guy like that out of there. I'm sorry. You do.
0: And, and that told me everything about him. I'm like, bro, this is Nagy. Nagy's there to be put away. And you basically hit him with some of your best shots and – Nagy took it the way Canelo took Triple G's punches. That's not supposed to happen if you're a, heavy, a big puncher in the heavyweight division. Not supposed no, to happen. I'm just
1: gonna shout, out, shout out Andre again. He says 37 years old, one month's notice to fight across the globe, and still he put on a hell of a show. Takayama is always fantastic to watch. I agree. Legend of the yes. sport. A definite, definite Hall of Famer. Now. Um, back back to, to Sanchez and Aguilera. Mm-hmm. Just ask yourself, what would a Derek Chisora have done to Aguilera? Forget about even AJ or Fury, you know. Um, yeah. What would a Herjavec have done to that guy? Uh, look, I just don't see him as a legit heavyweight contender. Mm-mm. It's going to take a lot of convincing for me to, to see that. I think that his best weight is probably 200 pounds. That's but obviously, as we know. Cruiserweight is not the glamour division that the heavyweights are, right? And the money's at heavyweight, and he's probably trying to cash his chips against a a, a big name. But personally, I see him losing to a lot of guys that, that are in the top 10.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you say, what do you think Shizora would do to this too, Nagy? Uh, what do you think... Uh, uh... God, I, can't, I don't know why I can't think of his name. Maybe because he hasn't fought in, in quite some time, is the uh, um, the Ukrainian kid that unified the cruiserweight? Why? Why
1: can't he? Oh, I? Usyk would have put on a shot. Yeah, Usyk,
0: Usyk would have stopped this guy. And, uh, yeah. you know, would have battered him up. You know, Usyk's not the biggest power puncher in heavyweight division, but he's a value puncher that systematically breaks your guys down, you know? And, you know... Going back with what Frank said, you know, even putting up, you know, got him with Eddie Hearn. He's doing all this stuff. I mean, you can, you can mold him to a great technician, but I don't even see that he has great footwork, to tell you the truth. He comes forward. Which- he tries to land shots. He's trying to land big shots. He's open to be countered. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you all, all the way on this one. I think he needs to go. I, need, I think they need to rethink where he needs to be at in the heavyweight division.
1: Yeah, I mean, I cannot say with confidence that he would be Otto wellin or FA Ajagba. Yep. I I can't say that with confidence. You know, um maybe he steps up in his next fight and fights like a Jile Jean, the the Chinese guy that gassed out mm-hmm. in his last I, fight. I,
0: I tweeted um, because- I, I tweeted out that night. I go there now, there now I understand the reason why uh Canelo is sparring Frank Sanchez. He's not—he's not that is much of a it. killer. He really isn't. No. And what would Joe Joyce do to him? Oh my God!
1: With the the, the juggernaut, with that nonstop jab mm-hmm. and herky jerky style and and physical kind of boxing. I mean, it t- to me, it just does not look good for him in the heavyweight yeah. division.
0: Get him down and- the Let's see what Daniel does with them. You know, and he's a good comeback fight. We need to find yeah. out whether or not Frank Sanchez is the can he deliver the goods. Or is he just a work in progress that shouldn't be on on the undercard of a Canelo fight?
1: You know, you know. But well, I think put- he's got, uh, Bogdan Dinu next, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, he cannot continue to fight these guys. No, um, and and expect to, to get any notoriety in the heavyweight division. I mean, it's nice that you're on Canelo undercards, but I don't think anyone was excited about the fight with Aguilera because what's really to be excited about I think you, that I turn, think I he, turn, at, he was pardon? turning
0: fans off that night so bad I mean you stunk you're a heavyweight you stunk up the place and you get hand speed and you stunk up the place it was just bad yeah
1: so uh so arod 83 boxeo says Sanchez will knock him out I don't know who he's speaking about but maybe you could tell me that um because i mentioned a bunch of names mm-hmm. i think that a good a, a, a good fight for him and i think it would be a good fight for tony yoka would be a tony yoka fight i mean that's a good head to get on your on your resume yeah you, you take you take the o on the cube or or if you're frank chances you take the o from an undefeated olympic gold medalist mm-hmm. you know um, is
0: frank ready for that i don't think he is I think Frank well, is going to. Frank is one of these fighters. Guy. He's, he's not. not a, he's, he's not a young guy. But exactly. you know what? Frank is going to be one of these guys that you have to know how to match him to make him look good, and you know, and that even backfired on Saturday night. They matched him with Nagy. That's that's like a no brainer there. And guess what? He still couldn't look that good against the guy that was there, the, a guy that was half in and half out.
1: Oh, A Rod, I totally disagree with you. I hope you're trolling. He says Sanchez will knock out Joyce. No way. No way. Joyce Joyce has got the best chin in the heavyweight division yeah. um, from what I've seen. I yeah, mean, I he can take a that. shot. And, and his activity is a problem for everybody. And his size, this guy, Sanchez is very undersized, guys. They were making a big deal about the fact that he showed up in the 230s. Mm-hmm. That he had put away. 230s in the modern heavyweight era that's that's not that's not big no no
0: that's a, that's that's a tweener in today's heavyweight yeah. division you know what's up to everybody in the chat room chicano prophet que paso how you doing brother uh a rod we got uh andre Rodriguez, g funk in the house um of course my man jesus m is always here lt how you doing brother uh no let me see we got a couple more guys here lovers lane how you doing man and thank you for the guy that gave us a thumb down always you know if i don't get that thumb down from that regular person that comes to our videos i feel left out i feel unloved so thank you every time you come and give me that thumb down it lets me know that you're tuning in so we appreciate it but all the big thumbs up man thank you guys as always don't forget you know uh uppercut that notification bell don't leave it up to the judges because they won't let you know we're on live on uh leaving in the ring verdejo felix verdejo um uh, got himself in some real serious trouble here at milk car you know um when you're going to talk about premeditated i know they're talking about the death uh death penalty for this kid in puerto rico you know here's the, here's the thing about this guy um Obviously, I definitely want to hear your thoughts about the whole situation with Verdejo, yeah. you know. But, you know, here's a guy that I was not very high on. When he came out of the Olympics, a lot of folks were, you know, riding this kid's to- a coattail. And I remember tweeting out, and I had a few people in the industry that were upset about me saying this, but I used to call Verdejo fans, Pendejo fans. Um, never impressed me. Didn't think that he was going to take the mantle from, away from Miguel Cotto. Didn't see that even near, but for some reason, people were kind of putting him in the same light. Um, Then he finally, you know, people got tired of him. He wasn't fighting, wasn't fighting regular, got into a uh, motorcycle crash, uh, kept him out of the sport. But then finally gets in with Tanaka, who did a life and death fight between the two and finally gained the respect. The respect that he'd been yearning from the fight fans. He finally won it. How short-lived was that?
1: Yeah, very short-lived. I was about to say that it was his most impressive performance and it was a loss. Yes. Uh, I think Mel Salas was doing a pretty good job with him. As to the allegations, obviously, uh, innocent until proven guilty. You know, the burden of of proof in our criminal justice system is always on the uh, prosecution. There's Mm -hmm. a presumption of innocence versus a presumption of guilt. I think that's a good thing. Personally, I'm not in favor of the death penalty at all. Not because I'm against people being necessarily killed for doing horrendous things, Mm -hmm. mostly because it's been so abused and so many innocent people have gone to death row that I just don't think you can justify it. If you kill one innocent man, and they've killed a lot more than that, um, that's one too many. So. You Know we'll see what happens. It, it looks like the evidence is kind of really against him. i well, I know they took it, a- it is
0: stack stack against him. Yeah, his buddy came forward, it was caught on camera, he was on the bridge. Uh, the severeness what, of what, what, the he
1: was uh,
0: uh, uh, what was that? I'm
1: sorry, I just don't know what the hell he was thinking.
0: I don't, I, I that would require us to have the ability to get in that head. And I tell you what, I don't think I would want to be in his head on that day of calling this young lady who he had an affair with for 11 years and impregnated to meet him and then uh, said, no, don't meet me here at my place. Go, Let's go to the bridge. I believe it was at her place or his place that they're supposed to meet up. But um, not not even him. What about his buddy, bro? His buddy was like, well, I didn't know he was going to do this, but you didn't even do shit to stop him from doing this. I've been around good friends. This is how much of a good friend I am. If my buddy does something stupid, okay, like... Like, put his hand on his old lady. I'm the first guy that actually will pick him up and slam him and hold him down and whisper in his ear, like, What are you doing, bro?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's, this it's...
0: friend, in you know, uh, participated in this, you know, it was like, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you, bro. I'm right or dying with you. Now your life is screwed, you know. Um, yeah. you know, I it's... have. It's not my place to say the guy goes on death, uh, death row or, you know, life in prison. We leave that to the peers that are going to be in front of him to uh, gather the evidence, like you just mentioned right now. But I tell you what, it's really hard for me to be compassionate to a person that did this to a woman that he once supposedly loved because he had a relationship with her for 11 years. But not that. You had uh, your seed. I,
1: mean, I go back to middle school, apparently.
0: Yes. And you had your baby. You're a baby, man. I look at my kids. You know, I have a, I have a, a, a 27, 20, 25, 23, and 20 years old. And I still, to this day, I look at my kids and I look at them as babies. Yeah, of course, because you're a as father. Ba- as babies, man. Or I look it's... at my wife and how tiny she is. And, and, and i just trying to fathom what this man did to this woman. I'm like looking at my wife going, fuck, I could barely do anything. Well, you also think about
1: all, all of the people out there that for whatever reasons can't have children and they're like dying to adopt kids or, you know, I mean, look, there, there's no justification for it. Uh, it was a horrendous act, uh, allegedly, but it looks like this was the case, uh, but it still hasn't been proven yet in the court of law, but it looks like it's the case. And I was hearing rumors about different stuff. I mean, a raw boxing TV had mentioned that um, something about it was the, his wife's family that people think did it, but I, I don't know if there's any credence or credibility to that. Uh, I'm just, I'm just not. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's a horrible situation, and it's horrific, you know, man. It's just, it's sad. Uh, it's innocent, two innocent lives um, gone for what i mean it's it's just crazy it's just crazy uh-huh. i don't understand
0: men that can't look he talked about his i'm a public figure i'm this i'm that God, What i don't even know what that means uh it's a child yeah the most would have happened was your wife probably would have divorced you you know Um, And then you're going to have to move on and you're going to take that major blow of her taking, what, 50 percent of what your earnings is or whatever the case is. But yet. right. Right. But that's the gamble you're making. If you decide to lay uh, adultery with another person, I mean, you know, and to go to that extreme to hide something like let me ask you this, dude. My wife is an ID watcher, and I'm sorry that we're kind of going away from boxing and stuff here, but I thought there was something to talk about, and especially, you know, we, you know, it is part of the boxing news, and it it is part of the boxing community, but my wife is into ID, she watches, that's all my wife would watch, documentaries about crime and ID and all that. And the one thing I take, and there's, I can only watch maybe one or two, and I'm like, all right, dude, this is enough, man. It's enough negativity and stuff. I'm, I, I you know, work along with the side with boxing and talk to people in boxing. That's the, all the negativity I need in my life. That's all I could take. But to watch these murder cases after one after another, I'm like, has not, none of these people learned it? You're not going to get away in these, this time and error. You're just not. The forensic no. and the science behind this stuff is it's gamed against you.
1: Yeah, not not unless you're like some rich person who you know uh, can, has an army of lawyers and can get away with these things. But no, an average person, and not forget about just not getting away with it. You just shouldn't do it. It doesn't make sense. Now, just to qu- a pivot quickly back to boxing, yeah, uh, David, something that doesn't make sense to me. Returning to the heavyweights, mm. um, what is up with? the bounty hunter walking away from an elim- elimination fight against. Know. You know, what, what, it, it, like,
0: it goes back to your app, app. You know, who's advising these guys?
1: I don't, Who is, I don't. He's uh,
0: advising it. these guys and telling them. And I, I mean, I mean, we know who's advising these guys and they're not really.
1: Look, <clears throat> I actually don't know who's advising Michael, the bounty hunter. Apparently he's a free agent. I don't know who his manager is. Um, What I do know about him is he's from he's from the L.A. area. Uh, But well,
0: he's hanging out. He's hanging out with the Logans, and he's hanging out with certain people that are obviously in in his ear. But you know, here's my thing. Um, Going back to my Vegas trip, which I had a great time and loved. Okay, didn't want to come back. Um, Had a great. Great time going to boxing gyms and visiting fighters and talking to certain people in the business and doing all this. I got another trip planned in August. I'm going to be heading up to Coachella, uh, visiting the gyms out there, spending some time with with various peoples out there. But what I mostly enjoy when I go out there are two things. I love talking to the guys that have been in the game for 50 years, Mokar. And I love watching... Uh, you know, sparring. Sparring by far, far is better than watching the live fights that are happening in our televisions, right? But yeah. talking to the older guys, um, talking to the older older guys, you know, uh, like a Luis de Cuba senior, who gives you a, a glimpse of the inside of how they've uh, worked on developing fights, how they worked on progression, um, getting progress to their fighters, and how they're doing this and all that. There's There's this formula. That's, that shouldn't be broken, okay? And he, he was saying some really interesting things. Like, look, the problem is, is that everybody wants to be a business person in the fight game. There's a chain that you should follow, you know, that you need to build trust around, around your team. If you don't trust your team, then you shouldn't have them. You need to seek out a better team. But, you know, when you start thinking you could be the accountant, the manager, the publicist, the promoter, and all these different type of hats, a lot of the times... You're not going to be successful, and especially in that this type of business, which is which is boxing. These guys are making bad decisions because they're looking for the biggest paydays. You know, we're fighters, and in the eighties, you know, seventies, eighties, and nineties, what they did was entrust their team to get them the fights, to get them the big money fights that was there waiting for them. And you're seeing a lot of guys drop the ball on that. They're drop their their are you know scaddling away from potential good fights that can bring. Either guys that were on the fence of being a fan of you, or that were never a fan, you know, and yeah. and like the like the like the kids, Logans are not. I'm telling you, they made a jump over everything. They got a lot of people that hate them and want to see these kids get their asses dropped.
1: Look, he wanted a, a heavyweight title shot. He was on the cusp of essentially possibly getting one. Um, I think that he probably just looked at Hergovich and said, you know what, I don't think I can beat that guy. There's no other reason for not taking this fight. Uh, there just isn't. And I want to get your your opinion on something, Dave. Sure. Um, something that just came up in the chat. I'm hearing a lot of talk about Bevo being one of the only guys that can kind of uh, successfully take on canello and beval has said that he can make 168 pounds he is a little bit smaller than a lot of the big 175 pounders what are your thoughts on a beval canelo fight
0: after watching beeval's last fight I mean I don't know man um is it is it interesting yes uh, the problem is though I, I you know going to 168 it kind of uh, it would have kind of uh, tarnish the win if Canelo got it, okay, because I think the most is what people would want to see Canelo jump up like he did with Kovala because the criticism would be like, well, he didn't fight him in his way. He had to come down, blah, 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 blah. He obviously, uh, um, you know, uh, had the bigger advantage. Why not go up to his school? you know, and to his playground and fight him there at one hundred and seventy-five. If it's at 175, I'm all in. I'm all for it, you know. Um, I still would pick Canelo to win. I think uh, Bival is a little slow. Um, I think he's kind of predictable. Um, and those type of fighters, Canelo kind of tees off very, very well, you know. The time reaction, the, the feints, uh, you know, the head movement, the body work of Canelo it's on point it's uh, right now it's Absolutely. really hard to see anybody from 160 to you know flirting into 175 to kind of school or beat canelo in my I opinion. agree
1: and he just took on i think was it the number fifth ranked um actually it would be six because john pascal has the regular title right uh in the wba craig richards the uh british fighter and that fight went the distance and richard had had his successful moments there um, I'm also seeing talk about uh, yeah, so I, I have Canelo winning that fight. I'm also seeing talks about Andrade. I have him beating Boo Boo as well. I mean, Boo Boo. I do too. <laughs> that whole leaning over defensive tactic. I mean, I just see Canelo ripping a, a vicious uppercut, you know, uh, to him, and working working the body, which he struggled with again uh, in his last fight. I mean, he, uh, he was getting – Touched up. Yeah. You know,
0: I honestly, after seeing what Canelo did to Saunders and stopping him, having to retire on the stool after that uh, broken ornable bone, um, I see him knocking out. Dimitri, to tell you the truth, Booboo, I like Booboo, and you know I like Booboo. You know, yep, yep. I don't have a problem with boo-boo style. It's not the most prettiest, but it's effective. But I don't think it's going to be effective to what Canelo can do. You know, um, Canelo, like I said, uh, is going to see that dip to the waist. Okay, uh, he's going to capitalize on those those little uh, flaws that he. Hasn't corrected, and I don't think you'll be able to correct on a fight getting ready to to get in with Canelo. I see Canelo honestly putting uh, touching uh, uh Demetrius a little bit more than he was able to do against Saunders because, guess what, Demetrius actually does stand and trade. He's not really a runner like people are trying to claim him. Um He picks his moments to stop and trade with you, and he tends to do sit there a little too long. For the receipt, because he's actually trying to pay back you when you're throwing your punches. He will punch with you. And that's really what Canelo wants because it gives him the opportunity to let Cobbles go to the body and the head, which would be the paintbrush. He paints brushes your whole body. So I don't know about you here, Milcar, but I think that Canelo stops uh, Boo Boo like in the ninth or tenth.
1: I pretty much see Canelo stopping everybody at 168, to be honest. Um, with the exception of maybe Benavides, who I think could probably go to distance, he's a tough guy and a big guy. Um, Absolutely. But I, 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 right now, if you had to ask me, does that fight go to distance? I don't think it goes to distance.
0: No. I mean, I look, even even though people have been clamoring, mostly the the Gennady Golovkin fans for the Triple G rematch. If it happens at 168, I think he stops uh, Gennady Golovkin.
1: He stops Triple G.
0: Yeah, you know, but I think that Triple yeah. G will probably, honestly, you gotta probably call me crazy, but I think Triple G gives Canelo a better fight than than what we saw from Saunders and what we saw, what we might see in September against Plant than than anyone else in the mix, even against Boo Boo, even against uh, all, all these guys right now. I think Triple G actually. Uh, puts up a much more effort and lands more cleaner punches on Canelo than I, anybody else.
1: I think the triple G of maybe three years ago, but the triple G that was getting beat up by Sergey Devranchenko back in 2019, that guy gets stopped at 168 pounds against Canelo. And the yeah. I say with Camille Arometa, um he was getting touched by that guy. It's just, Unfortunately for Camille Zerrameta, he doesn't have much punching power. No. But what like Canelo's still a young, a relatively young guy, you know. Um, right. Sergeant Devronchenko's up there in age, just like Triple G. And he was busting him up, man. Yeah, like, he was. Really busting him up. So that's not a good sign for me in terms of uh in terms of uh, triple G, and also well, he's more accurate. His- let me let me let me say this, okay?
0: Because like Philly yeah. put, he's too slow. No, he is. He really is. But in terms of accuracy, you have to admit, Gennady Golovkin is more accurate than the other guys that we're just mentioning right now, okay? And he's familiar. He's familiar with Canelo, you know. So. There's there's a bit of a of, of a of a not of a fear of knowing what Canelo's going to do to you because he's been there twice, so that probably keeps him in the fight a lot longer than a lot of us are suggesting, you know. And okay. also they being accurate. But I'm on board with you. I think Canelo stops him uh, late right. late in the rounds, but I think that Triple G puts a better fight. And not necessarily saying that he's going to be in the fight, but I think he puts a better fight that we saw with Saunders or or is yeah, he.
1: He hits harder and yeah, he yep. takes more punches. He takes yes, way he more does. punches. Way but he's, more not punches. he's not prepared for this. No, not you know, no more. Other than, Canelo, other than Canelo, okay, other than Canelo, since 2018, I'm going to just list his opponents Vannis Mardiroshin, Steve Rolls, Sergey Devranchenko, <laughs> and Camille Zarameta. While Canelo's only been fighting like monsters mm-hmm. or, or like boxing. Great boxing guys for the most part. If you take away Yeldrum, uh, he's prepared. He's been at 168 now. He's settled there. He's fully grown into the division. Triple G's. If they do fight, I'm guessing it would be his first fight at 168. Right. I don't. I don't really see it going very well for him, dog. That that's just my, you my know, opinion. there's of... always
0: two ways that can happen. You know, I've always said this in boxing. It either going to go north, very good for him because his body's rested. Uh, they had time to go back this is the fight that he can get up for because it's the fight he wants the most is that that third fight with Canelo the revenge he wants that revenge it's in the back of his mind it's the pit of his stomach everything there is the is has the, is, is been festering up okay where he goes in with a solid game plan he's got a great chin his accuracy the only thing that he's a step behind would be the speed uh against Canelo or it's going to go very south he's old um his, you know, uh, you know, your punch is the last thing to go, but your legs are the first thing to 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 leave, you know, and you know we don't know how well he would receive a punch from Canelo at one sixty eight because remember this when Canelo entered the one sixty. He still was growing into that size. He still was growing into that weight. He wasn't comfortable. He wasn't in his prime. He wasn't the punching power guy that we saw of today at 168. So that's the unknown that we don't know. And that's why I'm picking Canelo to knock him out and stop him. Because I think this is just a different animal in Canelo at 168. But again, uh, fighters, you know, uh, when they're put, their backs are up against the wall. And they got to fight for to, for their right in history. They'll do it. We saw that uh, just two weeks back with uh, Chris the Nightmare. We saw what he was able to do when everything was stacked against him. So I never count out a fighter, you know, but you got it. You know, the eye test is telling us, our hearts telling us and everything that it's going to be a Canelo night.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So there, there you have it. There you go, guys.
0: I'm glad that we're back here on Monday. We jumped on a little earlier because, uh, well, I got some things to do, and I think a milk does as well and stuff. But glad to be back here on Monday. You'll see us here next week on Monday as well at 4 p.m. on Leaving the Ring. Uh, Don't forget to hit that like button, hit the notification bell, and uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, Catch the archive on iTunes, iHeart. You know, Pandora, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Again, uh, don't drink and drive this weekend, guys, because you will spill your beer.
1: Thank you, everyone. See you next time. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Caballeros.